0: Radio studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: I personally think he's unhinged. I, I really worry about his um, acuity and balance right now. And, you know, he's a guy that really has his finger on the, potentially on the nuclear button. So that's, to me, bears close watching. So that's old man Clapper talking about whether or not Putin is crazy. He was on CNN yesterday. Clapper ran the NSA? Is that what he ran? One of those spy agencies. Yeah, and I can't stand him.
0: I mean, he's just revealed himself to be a liar and a punk, but I think he's right about that.
1: Uh, Putin is unhinged, he says. Jack uh, Jake Tapper had had Marco Rubio, the senator from Florida, on over the weekend and was quoting him yesterday. Clip 40, Michael. Republican Senator Marco Rubio of Florida, telling me over the weekend that Russia's
0: President Vladimir Putin, quote, has created a system of people not telling him bad news or, or facts that contradict his preferences. Putin also appears to have some neurophysiological neurophysi- health issues, Rubio said. But most telling, said Rubio, is this is a man who has long prided himself on emotional control. His recent flashes of anger is very uncharacteristic and show an erosion in impulse control. French President Emmanuel Macron has also reportedly told aides that Putin seems to have changed in the last couple years after putting himself in relative isolation due to
1: COVID. So uh, we'll discuss this at the end, and now here's the former ambassador to Russia under Obama, Taylor, clip 43. Do you think that he has lost his mind in some way? Jake, I've never met this man, Um, but all indications are that he is not in full control of his emotions, of his thought patterns. He's got this kind of almost uh, fierce anger, um, fierce hatred for President Zelensky. President Zelensky, young politician, showing the world what leadership really is, and President Putin doesn't know how to deal with that. President Putin does not understand Ukrainians or this Ukraine. So maybe that is making him crazier if he wasn't crazy already to start with, seeing the unbelievable uh, defiance and um, popularity of President Zelensky of Ukraine. Right. Well, there are all sorts of
0: kinds of crazy, and humanity seems to invent a new one every day. But uh, the the old saying, it's practically a cliche, but it's worth uttering because its truth is enduring, is that power corrupts, and it corrupts partly um emotionally and and psychologically in that you drift toward a sort of hubris that uh, justifies all of your impulses and and leads you to hate those who would resist your impulses and if that ain't what putin's up to now with the whole zelensky not only doing his best it, with you know help obviously to build a democratic prosperous free market economy right next door but he's defying the great man, the great czar of modern Russia, this, this TV actor, this comedian. It's got to
1: make Putin, you know, it's he's got to be seething with rage over this. Right. So Marco Rubio is on the Intelligence Committee in the Senate, and he would be getting... The best information that our spooks have on Putin's state of mind. And Rubio tweeted out over the weekend, look, I can't say too much on this because it's classified, but I think that Putin has, you know, lost it. So if a guy who's getting the information states that he thinks the guy has lost it, that's, that's what the information is telling him. And like you said, there's different, there's different levels of lost it. It doesn't have to be, you know, he's running around with his pants off. Uh, going blah, 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 that that kind of crazy. Or his Russian wolfhound is telling him to, you know, invade Belgium. Not that kind of crazy. Right. But everybody can get in a situation where you're stressed out, you're tired, you're under the gun for days, and you just all of a sudden something seems like a good idea that in retrospect you think, what was I thinking? Everybody can get there. And that's Mm -hmm. what I worry about him getting to um as he's watching this you know fall apart and hearing the world mock his military and um you know, just just watching it all unfold with nobody around him that's going to give him any sense of proportion and uh and and then he you know what effort i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to set off a nuke and see what how people react certainly not outside the realm of possibility
0: Right, right, and uh, God, I hate to even consider this, but yeah, he he takes some sort of innocuous target and unloads a nuke there. Um, maybe it's not L.A. or New York, which is the ultimate uh, horror scenario, although some days when I'm stuck in traffic in L.A., I think, yeah, maybe God ought to, no, never mind. Uh, anyway, uh, you know, it, uh, right in the middle of uh, the Yukon or something like that, just to send some sort of crazy warning, that could happen. But as you were talking, I, was, I found myself thinking, yeah, I've mentioned it before. You know, I've been humbled a couple of times in my life, more than a couple. And in retrospect, virtually every single one of those was doing me a favor, even if it was very, very painful. Imagine living a life where you are never humbled in any way. Not only that, not only that, at this point, maybe you're never even contradicted. Maybe you're never even asked to justify your choices. What's the opposite of humbled? And if Putin that is has a Imagine, head and a heart
1: full of that, I mean, um, you can call that crazy, call it anything you want. Um, that's hard to picture. Imagine living a life where you don't have a boss. You know the old Bob Dylan song, you got to serve someone. everybody got to serve someone. you the heavyweight champion of the world, you got to serve somebody. He's talking about God, but uh, I think Putin's an atheist. Putin doesn't have to answer to anyone. So he doesn't have a wife or a friend or uh, an electorate. He doesn't have anybody telling him anything it's hard to imagine what that would do to your mind well and i think he's at the point and every
0: dictator has to have a coalition keeping him in power one man cannot hold power but if he's at that point in some dictatorships where there is no give and take he is the godhead and no one dares question like north korea for instance the question becomes are the rumblings are the rumbling have the rumblings begun among his coalition of elites yet And will those rumbles grow? Uh, There are rumors. I've seen uh, anonymous sources say there's increasing dissatisfaction and and anger
1: among his ruling elite, blah, blah, blah. But who knows if it's true? Right. So, uh, yeah, that would be uh, on Meet the Press. They were discussing the Caesar option. That would be being stabbed in togas, I guess, (laughs) make a pincushion out of them. Which March 15th is coming up, so they, they could pull it off if they wanted to. Um, if you be a fan. little jivey to do it on the Ides of March, uh, but I'm not against it. So two things that are uh, somewhat unknowable. One, remember we heard the stories that there were people around Trump that were going to stop him if he ever decided he wanted to shoot off a nuke. I don't think that was necessary, but... That's what some people were doing. And uh, famously around Nixon, they uh, they sent out some warnings. Hey, he's, uh, he's in his cups and he's gone crazy. So if he calls you and says, you know, fire the nukes, don't do it. Well, is there any group around Putin that can do that or would do that? We don't know. We don't have any idea. There's no way of knowing that. Well, and judging by what we've heard about the foot soldiers,
0: the poor Russian foot soldiers in Ukraine, you've got to spare at least an ounce of pity for those young men. Um, if what's true about their morale or what's said about their morale is true, I'm praying, I'm hoping the corporals and captains and whatever else in the nuclear forces uh, have a similar attitude toward, I'm not going to be party to this. Go ahead and shoot me. I'm going to die of something. Uh, I, I hope and pray that's the case.
1: The other question is, and I, I started the show with this yesterday, I think. Um, I think if Putin wants to guarantee a loss, kill Zelensky. Kill President Zelensky. The world, the re- you can't imagine the world reaction to that. Don't you think that's where we are now? I,
0: I absolutely think he could be a, a martyr of historic proportions, yes. Um, I'd hate to think of the country without his leadership, Um, I I just can't believe every screw hasn't already been turned on Putin. The only thing I'm interested in in the State of the Union waste of time tonight, and it's always a waste of Union, particularly with this old dingbat giving it. um, The only thing I'm interested in is if he says, all right, uh, nothing's off the table now. We're cutting off uh, all fuel purchasers. We're We're completely cutting off the banking system. We're putting every single card
1: on the table, Vlad. What do you say to that? Vlad Putin. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you the one thing I would really like to hear Biden say tonight that I'm sure he won't, but maybe we'll get to that coming up. You can join us on the text line anytime you want, four one five two nine five kftc We can hit you with what the very latest is. It's grim. It's unfolding very slowly before our eyes, and I don't think the world's going to do anything about it. That's on the way.
0: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and
1: Getty Show. And the fear, as uh, Volodymyr Zelensky put it in an address today to the people of Ukraine, is that the real focus now is on Ukraine's two main cities, Kyiv and Kharkiv. And he said, Kyiv and Kharkiv are the most important targets for
0: Russia. Terror is meant to break us, to break our resistance.
1: And he went on to say that Kyiv is special. This is the heart of the country and it must keep beating. Well, that's an interesting report from Clarissa Ward of CNN as she's talking about how they, uh, the, the, the city must keep beating and uh, you got air raid sirens going off at the same time. Right now, there is a 40 mile long convoy of military equipment and soldiers headed toward Kyiv. To do what we all feared was going to happen last week, which is roll in and just start devastating or or surround it and uh, begin a siege where they just pound the city with missiles. Nobody can get out, no food or ammunition can get in, and you just wait it out. They did that uh, in Aleppo, for instance, in uh, Syria. The Russians did that in a number of different cities until they finally killed enough people they got the city to submit and it is uh, rolling very slowly. It only moved three miles yesterday. They're currently seventeen miles from the capital, and the world is just watching it come in down that highway. I mean, it's just out in the middle of open. It could be bombed. It would be the simplest job of any uh, air force bomber you could have. I mean, it's right out there in the open with nice weather. And but the, the, we're not. The highway is as
0: straight as can be. It stretches on for miles. It's but almost we're ridiculous not doing it. as a military uh, target.
1: No. Be- because Putin has threatened nuclear war, and uh, if we got involved, we'd be involved? <sighs> I don't know what public opinion is on that currently. It has moved a lot in a week based on polling I've seen in terms of how much involvement. Oh, by the way, saw a poll. 80% of people are following this closely, very closely. Wow. 80% following this story very closely. There hasn't been a story like that since 9-11. That 80% of people are following very closely. The other interesting thing is um, on the question of should we do more, Sixty low 60s, I think it was 63% of Americans said, yes, we should do more. It was almost exactly the same number for Republicans and Democrats. When was the last time that happened? For for many years now, if you get a number like 60, it's because 90% of Republicans said one thing and 10% of Democrats said the other, or that sort of thing. That's the way it's been. Almost everybody agrees on this, and everybody's paying attention. So um, Joe Biden would have some wiggle room on a variety of things. Here's something I wish he would do tonight that he's not going to do. He's got the, the State of the Union addresses happening tonight. I agree with Chuck Todd from Meet the Press. Is there anybody that wants to hear this? If, if he says a word about anything other than Ukraine, is is anybody going to want to hear that? God dang it! Well, as soon as he his, launches, uh, judging
0: by what he said in recent days, it's going to be build back better, better. And and Republicans don't want black people to vote, which was will be such a moral failing. I hope it stains his presidency forever. I hope the shame of it, you know, causes him to
1: resign. Course, Let's go, Brandon. He's at 37% currently in the latest and Washington post ABC diceepal And uh, I don't know. If they think they can just go out and give the regular Democratic a State of the Union address tonight and talk about hungry kids and voter rights and that sort of crap, I think he's wrong. But anyway, what he should come out and say, the world runs on Petrol. The world runs on oil. The best thing we could do for our national defense is to expand our capabilities. And that is why I am, you know, and and, and announce, you know, we're going to start drilling here again. We're going to go back to the Keystone Pipeline. All these different things. That's what he should announce tonight. And it would be what pundits always refer to as a sister soldier moment. Do you know what that means? Clinton back in the day came out and said some things against a popular rapper who was saying some things about killing white people and, uh, and uh, politically, it was an opportunity for Bill Clinton. While he may have pissed off some of the people on his very left, he got a whole chunk of the middle who said, "Okay, he's not a crazy person. He's kind of, you know, mm-hmm. we can reason with this Bill Clinton." Uh, Joe Biden could do that so easily tonight. His approval rating would shoot up 15 points. He'd be back over 50% if he came out tonight and said, "We're going to start drilling for oil again. We need to we, we need to punish Russia. We're not going to buy oil from Russia. Our European friends are not going to buy oil from Russia. We're going to provide them that oil." He'd be back over 50% again. He'd be he'd piss off AOC and a bunch of those people on the left, but who cares? He'd end up above 50%, I think. Well,
0: yeah, but I mean that'd be like uh, going to an Eric Clapton show and he comes out and plays the flute. That would be so completely, wildly out of character. Please, Robert Gates, he's been wrong about every major foreign policy question in the last 40 years. Biden is a, how long was he in the Senate? 150 years of a debating society. A upper crust, rich people's debating society. He doesn't have the courage, conviction of of, of Vladimir Zelensky's left thumb. I, I wish I had any hope. And this is not some sort of partisan talk show host, our side, good, their side, bad nonsense. Joe Biden doesn't have it in him. And that saddens me. And I fear for the people of Ukraine and the people of Europe that this, oh, I almost used a very unkind word, <laughs> that this level of leadership is in the White House at this critical moment. It, it's a damned
1: shame and it could be a tragedy. Man, if I spent a bunch of money for good seats to go see Eric Clapton and he comes out and plays the flute, I am so disappointed. <laughs> not and probably joke. badly, because he doesn't yeah. do that. <laughs> no, he's not a flute player, so...
0: <laughs> anyway, sorry.
1: Yeah, I uh, I know that's not going to happen, but there are... Sister soldier moments plenty for Joe Biden. If he came out and, like, really rejected critical race theory or, you know, back to drilling oil or a number of different things. But he's not going to do any of those things tonight. And, again, I think anything outside of talking about, so he, if he does like an hour and a half or two hours of a laundry list of pet projects of progressives, oh, my God. Is that going to be, is that going to feel tone deaf? And absolutely in character, yeah. He's going to open with some sort of support for Ukraine. Both sides are going to stand up and cheer. But after that, it's going to get really, really sickening.
0: Let's go, Brandon. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: Mike Lyons, our military guy, did tell us yesterday that he thought a lot of that aid, military aid, could get in the hands of fighting Ukrainians within 24 hours, which was surprising to me. But, you know, Mike knows that sort of stuff. So they'll need it. That uh, convoy outside of Kiev, 40 miles long of trucks and tanks and soldiers and weapons of death is headed toward the capital. It's only 17 miles outside of town. Luckily, it only made it three miles yesterday. Hopefully, they can keep uh, slowing it down. Well, I hope we have a, a, a string of our biggest transport planes
0: laden with arms r- landing in Poland every two minutes, like the approach into LAX. Um, because uh, countering a force that big, that well equipped, is going to call for a hell of a lot more than, and with all due respect, and, and thanks to, you know, for instance, the Germans and their 500 Stinger anti aircraft missile batteries, which is great. But it's going to take a hell of a lot of gear to counter those Russian forces. And the, and the whole look at the plucky Ukrainians. I love Zelensky, uh, you know, cheering, bringing tears to eyes of, of uh, Ukrainian soccer players. All that stuff is wonderful. But when the full slaughter begins, because of the overwhelming numbers and overwhelming arms the Russians hold, uh, the mood is going to change quick.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, I um, I, I am concerned that this this feel-good period... Yeah, you mentioned the soccer player. If you haven't seen the video of the Ukrainian soccer player going out on the field yesterday and the crowd cheering him and him uh, him getting pretty emotional, how would you not? Well, the uh, crowd, realizing- both,
0: both sides, both fans, there was a roar, a deafening roar in the stadium just for this guy's presence. You
1: know, I talked about this a couple of times. Uh, see if you agree. Um, I think part of the reason the world is reacting this way is that we have had this era of cynicism going for so long. When is the last time you heard a politician who wasn't either performing or hyperbole? Just crap. We've been hearing crap out of all of our leaders all around the world for years. Years. And finally when somebody comes along who's one hundred percent dead earnest because he has to be, it just I think it I think it hit a spot in us. That we'd been missing for so long. Right, right. Here's something think, that's yeah. real. What, well, what's the last think, time anything's oh, been real? Everything is completely freaking phony. And I think a lot of us were
0: deadened to the idea of that sort of character in leadership. We did, we'd stopped even thinking about it, never mind demanding it. Right. Well, you combine that with the fact that I think people understand instinctively or, or intellectually that we are at a crossroads of order and prosperity or disorder and death of the sort that we haven't seen since the
1: 1930s and 40s. Um, and and they really, really, really want it to go the right way. Uh, they're, they're, I guarantee you, China has taken note of the world reaction to this. And if it had gone the other direction, oh, yeah, I guess we can take Taiwan and nobody's going to do anything. That's not the way it looks now.
0: Yeah, yeah, I wonder. So is Putin nuts or how nuts is he? What's his emotional state? Has he lost control of his sense of proportion? Uh, we've already played a couple of authorities and... Folks privy to uh, classified information weigh in on this. Uh, One of our favorite people in the media is the terrific Josh Rogan of the Washington uh, Post. Michael, let's uh, hear what he had to say. We'll start with 44.
2: There's no doubt that over the years, Vladimir Putin has become more erratic. Uh, Part of that is strategy. Part of that is, as Ambassador Taylor said, he's not getting good information. But part of that is that he's accumulated power, uh, total power over the Russian state. So he can afford to do whatever he wants within that state.
0: As we were saying earlier, he has reached a point where his power has corrupted him. As it's grown, in that he now no longer is is uh, ever questioned or humbled or asked to make his case. I mean, the scenes where he's having meetings from fifty yards away from his advisors—part of that's COVID paranoia, we're
1: told—but it's just it's it's bizarre. It's not normal. I heard somebody talking about a body language segment. Um, uh, body language of uh, Putin on how uh he is not feeling quite as cocky as he normally did because no you know he's kind of famous for that whole sitting there with his legs spread out and leaning back in his chair cuz I'm the, I'm the, I almost dropped an S bomb I'm the S you know mm-hmm. and I do what I want and he doesn't look quite like that in in his videos lately right let me throw this sentence at you and, and you
0: tell me what you think yes he does stuff that's completely crazy but it's fine he's he's not nuts I mean, wait a minute. When, when has that ever been true in your life? Somebody who does stuff that's really nuts is nuts. Right. Anyway, more Josh Rogan, clip 45, Michael.
2: It doesn't really make sense that he's suicidal. In other words, it, he, we're, he can be evil without being irrational. So what we have to do is we have to watch his actions. And his actions are that he will escalate and escalate until he finds resistance. That's a rational way of doing business, evil as it may be. So I don't think we can make our policy based on the idea that he's a crazy person. We have to see him as an erratic leader who has ultimate power inside of his own country, uh, who's willing to take risks. And that's not crazy. That's just bad. That's just threatening.
1: Is it still true that the most likely outcome, and this is horrible to think about, but is the most likely outcome is Putin kills a whole bunch of people, finally takes over the country, and then the sanctions do kick in as joe biden said last week months down the road maybe putin is punished to the level that he has to you know change his uh his uh, the, the way he's going about this but the most likely result do you think the most likely result is the same thing we thought a week ago
0: that the the wave of horror will sweep across ukraine and then subside and right. the people will trudge on yes probably so i think putin will have accomplished nothing uh but you know devastating russia's standing in the world and the world economy and his own economy and it will ultimately be a complete waste of blood treasure and and
1: status i think it's it's idiotic what he's doing i get the argument that uh, if we get involved, you know, if we start bombing that convoy or whatever, then we're involved with the nuclear power. He's threatened nukes. I get all that. But at the same time, the rhetoric around this has been from all kinds of people about how important this is. This would change the world if he takes Ukraine. It, it, it shows that we're back to an unsteady world order where one country can just take another country. Through. Well, if it's that important, if the stakes are that high... Then why isn't everything on the table to try to stop it? That's what I don't get. Right.
0: Well, if you're of that mind, the answer would be well, push back, push back hard, because he will push until, as Mr. Rogan put it, he, will fi- he finds resistance. The other crowd is like, if he took Ukraine completely today and he owned it and called it, you know, West Russia, South Russia, whatever. Um, how would that affect Americans and our uh, our way of life? We'd be fine. It'll uh-huh. be fine. There aren't that many dictators powerful enough to take over neighbors who even want the neighbors. So don't worry about it. It's not such a big deal. That would be the, well, I don't even want to quote Tucker Carlson. It's, uh, anyway, Um. yeah, I would agree more as I'm contemplating how old Putin is and how long this will last. I'm more on the side of we need to push back as hard as we possibly can without triggering a nuclear war, we being the civilized world. Um, but it, it's tough. It's tough and it's complicated, and we have a leader who, again, has no history, zero, of of truly being the the great person of history. And And Joe that's Biden? called for now,
1: yeah, Joe Biden, yeah, no, no, this is not good timing. Maybe the time
0: is for uh, Olaf Schultz to become the uh, for, leader of the free world for six months or so. Let him audition Because we don't we don't have one, Germany, I'm sorry, I wish we did we don't we don't have somebody up to the task,
1: pull that back we got a new Kamala Harris clip we haven't played, oh boy, let's play she the last yesterday. Josh Rogan.
0: Uh, A a quote because I think it's really astute analysis. And then we will get to the new Kamala clip, which I'm sure will raise the the fever of patriotism in every American heart. Uh, First, Josh Rogan.
2: Vladimir Putin has been in power 10 years longer than Xi Jinping. There is no dissent. He's disabled all of the pieces inside his own government that could challenge him. Uh, So if you're inside that system, there's no upside in even saying something. So no one would say something. You would die. You'd go to jail. Your whole family would go to jail. So all that means is that we can only follow him. We can only deal with him. All these side talks, all these people he's throwing at the Belarusian border to talk with the Ukrainians, they don't have any agency. They don't have any power. All they can do is report back to Putin. So we have to message to him. And that's a combination of diplomacy, it's a combination of military moves. And as he goes up the escalation ladder, we have to be very careful about that, but not allow it to paralyze us. He's playing a game of escalating to see what we'll do in return. And we have to respond proportionally, but not overreact, and that's a delicate and difficult thing to do with a guy who's mass murdering civilians all over Ukraine.
1: Right. Absolutely right. And you hate to give the crazy guy he gets to he gets to decide. He gets the veto because he's the one who acts crazy. That's just uh an unfortunate position to be in. Um what was I going to say? I had a point. I thought we'd play Kamala Harris after the break. I've got a point I wanted to make about. Oh, um need to give plenty of credit to the brave russians who have been going out on the streets and protesting in addition to the brave ukrainians who are risking their lives all those russian young people mostly going out on the streets in saint petersburg and moscow and all across the country and god i saw this morning freaking russian police or whatever they are coming in had this chick down was kicking her in the head i mean it was brutal yeah
0: they don't mess around also, speaking of uh, brave leadership in this country, the State of the Union address rough drafts have now hit the uh, the press offices in D.C. We oh, have really. a preview for you.
1: Uh, keep your expectations low. Okay, let, well, I'll put this here because this is a downer, and then we can take a break so that I don't put a downer in the next segment also. Um, I've, I've, I've been enjoying this story of the free world you know, finding its spine again and raising up against autocracies and everything as much as anybody. It's been inspiring and absolutely awesome. Um, but those people in Czechoslovakia in uh, 68 and Hungary in 56 and, uh, you know, a whole bunch of different examples around the world were every bit as inspiring and brave at the time and they were crushed, crushed by a bigger power. And it right. was decades before they got freedom again. That happens all the time. Happens all the time in world history. Well, look at Tiananmen Square. How brave were those people? That was and everybody was was an amazing was inspired. moment, right? And everybody was inspired. And then one night, the Chinese authorities came in and machine-gunned them down, uh, you know, hosed off the blood, and on they went. And they've been going for 30 years since. Chinese that's often, how they, that's often how these things end, unfortunately. And that is why lip service and hashtags don't do them
0: any good. In fact, they're the opposite. They, they do harm. So make it
1: substantive or just go back to your to your life and uh nothing to see here, folks. Another inspiring Kamala Harris clip. Next scene. Oh, boy. Armstrong and
2: The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, it out. well, guys, as if President Biden isn't dealing with enough right now, tomorrow he will deliver his first State of the Union address. What timing. It's like having your wedding during a hurricane, an earthquake, and a Sharknado, you know? <laughs> yeah, Biden's been going through a tough time, uh, so in order to gain
1: support just for tomorrow, he's changing his last name to Zelensky. <laughs> yeah. Chuck Todd on Meet the Press Sunday said, is anybody want to hear anything other than about Ukraine in the State of the Union address? I thought that was an interesting point from a lefty journalist. I think he's absolutely right. And he said, I just can't imagine the words build back better coming out of his mouth in this moment. Oh, you're going to get him. I agree. Oh, yeah. So Joe's got the speech in his hand. I, I do more or less, but I want to make sure we have time for the Kamala clip. Yeah, so Kamala Harris. uh, We're we're big fans of Kamala Harris and uh, and her uh, rhetorical abilities. In a way, (laughs) we get great delight out of it. Uh, Anyway, here's the latest.
0: Because as we all know, elections matter, and when folks vote, they order what they want, and in this case, they got what they asked for. (laughs) I went off script a little bit.
1: (laughs) Yes, the smattering of applause was because, what the hell are you talking about? (laughs) When she thinks she's being impressive,
0: she's not the least bit impressive. When she thinks she's being profound, she's being incomprehensible. And when she
1: thinks she's being funny, she's not funny. That is a pretty good little assessment of the current vice president. Was she, like, smart and hot, so whenever she said anything her whole life, everybody just reacted positively and she got an out of proportion sense of herself or what? But she, she regularly like throws out these phrases and kind of like bobs her head like, how about that? And you're thinking, what the hell did you just say? Right.
0: And, and, and to the extent that you understand what she said, you're like, that's stupid. It's not helping anything. Oh my God, have we ever had such a crisis of leadership? I mean, I'm not going to go through the list, but Yikes, even when we've had weak-ish presidents. We've had somebody rock steady as the Veep or vice versa. You know, say what you want about Dan Quayle, but George H.W. Bush was one of the, the, the strongest, most upright, intelligent, bravest guys who's ever walked the, the halls of the White House. Anyway, now we've got just a, a, a bitter old husk of a has-been and, and the, 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 that non, the, the nonsense spewing, half-wit. It is time for us to do yes. what we have been doing, and that time is every day. True international international pressure. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. God save the union. So, uh, the rough drafts, or whatever you want to call it, the press copies of the so-too have hit the streets. President Biden will use his first State of the Union address to claim credit for a robust economy. We can pause there if you'd like. Hey, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, America, as you sit there in the grocery store aisles and you go to checkout and you say, I got to put some stuff back. How robust does it feel? Maybe a tad too robust. Anyway and a unified global response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine, even as he acknowledges the pain of inflation and the struggle between democracy and autocracy around the world, administration officials said Monday. And look, I I don't want to come off as a knee-jerk, partisan, you know, just mouthing the expected words today. It just means too much, especially given the example of Zelensky and the Ukrainians and the rest of it. The last thing anybody needs, including the people in Kiev who may be breathing the last air they breathe in their lives, the last thing they need is, we need to recognize the struggle between democracy and autocracy around the world. You know, speechifying, which has been Biden's entire career. We need him to say, every single screw we can turn against Putin's Russia, we're going to turn. Some of it is going on right now. Some of it's going to take about a day. We're going to bring them to their knees. Do you hear that, Mr. Putin? Direct. Please, no long winded old gray man Senate speech crap.
1: Speak. Speak to the world. Now, State of the Union addresses have been stupid for a long time anyway for all kinds of different reasons. Every president talks to us every freaking day, so anything they've got to say to us, they can say to us any day of the week. So the idea that you take one occasion where you're going to say it again has just been stupid for years, Um, and it's uh, completely unnecessary. But if he starts in on some crap, like I've, I've created more jobs in the first year than any president in history without the caveat of, the government shut down all these businesses, and then when they hire them back, you're taking credit for that. I mean, you know that sort of stuff. Tonight, when P- if people come home and watch the evening news or their cable news channel or whatever it is they watch, and they see people dying in Ukraine, and then hear the president doing his usual laundry list of things I want to have happen domestically, I just think it's going to really clank. I agree
0: completely, and I'm looking at the clock. We have very limited time in this segment, but I will tell you the the speech. Uh, you know, the house that is the speech was, and I'm quoting now, originally meant to focus primarily on the president's domestic agenda, using the rare primetime platform as a way to jumpstart his stalled efforts to pass far-reaching social spending legislation. Then they go on to say, but to, with the war in Europe, he's going to slap a little wallpaper on that house and, and, and say, how about those Ukrainians? Tough spot they're in. We're, uh, we're going to look at sanctioning the Russians. And then he's going to go back to, but we have to build, build back better. Spending trillions more is the way you defeat uh, inflation. It's going to be
1: all about that. Oh, plus, right. Republicans don't want black people to vote, of course. Well, good luck with your 37% approval rating that you're going to drive lower. You so!
0: Armstrong and Getty.